0: Hi, and welcome to the Sales Enablement Pro Podcast. I am Shauna Simawong. Sales enablement is a constantly evolving space, and we're here to help professionals stay up to date on the latest trends and best practices so that they can be more effective in their jobs. Today, I'm excited to have Marja Moore join us. I would love for you to introduce yourself to our audience.
1: Thank you, Shauna. Hi everyone, my name is Marja Moore, and I am out of the Seattle area. I have most recently worked at companies like SAP Concur and Infoblox. Right now, I'm taking some time off to explore some new adventures, but I have worked in everything from marketing to business development to sales enablement and value methodology building. Um, I have a diverse background in many industries and I use all of that to kind of inform how I go forward with every new role and especially with enablement.
0: Wonderful. Well, I'm excited to chat with you. There was something on your LinkedIn profile that caught my eye. You mentioned that you lean into being a human-centric leader that is also focused on data-driven outcomes. I'd love to understand from you, why are both sides of this coin important as an enablement leader?
1: I I would say it's an important thing to have for any leader. First of all, we're dealing with humans every day. You need to know what's going to compel people, what's going to get them to do what you need them to do, um, not only perform in their roles, but also perform in the organization, right? How are they expanding their purview? How are they becoming greater than what they were before? So understanding who you're working with, whether that be people on your team or people that you're trying to enable, you need to understand their their values and what makes them tick. I think every enablement leader will say, you always have to give them the what's in it for me. So I think this is true for r- literally any any leader. You ne- In order to compel somebody, you're going to need to know who the human is behind it. And so that's important to me, um, not only knowing the people that I help lead, but those that I help enable. What are their needs? What compels them? What gets them to do the things that we need them to do? And And how does that make them feel? Um, On the other side of the coin is the data. And that is really driven by kind of the the need to say, okay, we, we see a hurdle. What does the data tell us? I think in all of business, data is important because it tells you a story. How you interpret that story may differ and it may tell people different things. But for me, it's important for me to look at the data not only to help lead in the right way, but then to help uh, innovate and grow in the right way. And whether that be growing people or growing the business, um, the data is important, but the human element of it is always there. So you need to make sure that you're looking at both in order to make the right decisions. And data is only part of the story. The humans that interact to create that data or make that data are also important. And so going behind the data to see what that looks like from a human perspective is important.
0: I love that. And I I know on the human side, one of the ways that you focus on this is by developing a sales council to support your enablement strategy. Tell us about that program. What did it entail and how did it impact your enablement strategy?
1: Yeah. So this kind of goes back to that human focus part of it. Uh, What we learned from interviewing a lot of our sales personnel was that we were hearing Things like we need more experts, um, more SMEs teaching us. We need a better way to actually understand what we're supposed to be doing. And so, to me, that that human element of people coming to us saying, "This is what we need. This is what we need," is a data point, right? So you take that human element and that data point, and you say, "How do we fix that?" For me, it was two things. One you always know that people in your organization are trying to move up, or trying to better themselves. And often it's the ones that are excelling in their specific roles. And so if you look at your sales field and you say, okay, I have this top 10% and they're just kicking butt at everything they do, why is the other 90% not performing as well? Well, we should be leveraging that knowledge and those skills and that experience to help teach the rest of the field. I think a lot of times we go outside or we use a sales coach. I'm not saying that we don't need those things. I'm saying that you have a lot of knowledge in your sales people today. How do you leverage that to give back to the rest of the field? And then how do you lift those sales people up who are that 10% to give them something to work towards? So the program was really built around how do we take the top sales people who are interested in growing, who are interested in evolving, who are maybe one day, interested in leadership? And how do we build them up to help them achieve their goals while also achieving the business goals? And so that whole council kind of came together and there were a lot of different facets of it. So not only would the participants be nominated and and have to keep a certain threshold of meeting their quota up, but they would have the opportunity to take part in special different programs as well. So those things could be like mentorship mentoring someone that is new in their region, um, being a part of our field studies. So once a quarter, we would bring them together to talk about what the issues are, get their best practices. Um, Every different quarter, it would be a different kind of subject so that we could gather more information and skill building and then take it from there to, to put out to the rest of the teams. They would also be featured on the enablement webinars They would get some special training as well. All of this kind of bundled together is a way to lift up your people who may want to continue to grow, learn more about the business, learn more about leading by example, and kind of transferring that knowledge to the less experienced sales reps or even to those that are just coming into the business. And so we built it as a one-year cycle. You have to be nominated. Once you take part in it, you're basically on the bench for leadership then. If you want to become a sales manager or some some other leadership role within sales, this is a great boost for those people to do so because they're learning more about the business and about the ways that we need to really focus in different areas in order to be successful. And, and of course, one of those is enabling the field. So it kind of gives both sides of the coin, right? You're, you're getting some people who are really great at what they do to share their experiences and their best practices with your field, but you're also giving them the opportunity to take on increased responsibility and participate more in the growth of the company as well.
0: I love that. The other thing that I love about your background is that you you have a blended background that incorporates customer success, how has that customer success experience influenced your human-centric approach to enablement?
1: That's a really good question. I would have to say that if you're thinking about customer success, one of the most important things that's happening in the industry, especially if you are a SaaS company, but this actually works for for all kinds of companies who are providing a measurable service uh, for their customers, the thing that you're going to see is Customer success is where all of those proof points for sales come out. So if you're looking at building a value methodology, which is what the industry is, is kind of working towards, is how do you show value to your customers? We're not talking nerd knobs here. We're talking outcomes and value to your customer. What is that bottom line that that CEO is going to say, yes, I need that product or I need that service because it's going to save me money? help my people, reduce my risk, save me time. All of those things are important to getting to that economic buyer. And if you don't have a value methodology, the one place you can look is your customer success team. They are the ones that are going to know the success of the customers using the products or services. They're going to be the ones that are engaging with them on a regular basis. And that's where you can do most of your learning from to see where that success originates. So for me, customer success is important because that really helps you understand the customers. And then it helps you dive further down into those customers to really get that clear understanding to then build on the back, actually the front end of the customer lifecycle, how you go about approaching those kind of customers in the future. So when you think about enablement, you take all those learnings and you kind of transfer them in the value methodology to make sure that you're starting with that at the beginning. What value are we providing our customers? How do we build that to help the sales teams actually understand what they're doing and why they're doing it and why people are really needing the technology or the service or the product? And then you're having this ability to really empower your sales teams to have better discussions. They'll get to the C-suite a lot faster. Um, your customer acquisition costs will go down, all of those things. So learning from customer success is extremely important to organizations because that's where the customer is having success. And then you can leverage that in the sales cycle to make sure that you're finding those customers that have those similar scenarios to kind of push that sales cycle through uh, based on the knowledge that you've learned from customer success.
0: I love that. So you blend your understanding of your customer. You're also leveraging feedback from sales. And then there's also the data side, which we talked about earlier in the conversation. What are some of the ways that you leverage data to inform and optimize your sales enablement programs?
1: So this is gonna be a tricky one. I think it really depends from for me. We touched a lot of parts of the customer lifecycle. We were enabling on a lot of parts of operational and administrative things that sales needs to do in order to keep the engine going. I think it really depends for for me, it depends on where we are involved in enablement. What are we responsible for enabling on? And then in that vein, if we're looking at all of that data to say, are we being more proficient in our activities that we have to do when they're engaging with the CRM, what does that look like? Because your very first indicators of success, in my opinion, are how they're doing in the prospecting and getting everybody through the pipeline. If you're seeing that they're holding on to prospects for too long, there's something going on there. They're not qualifying them out or or disqualifying them, if you will. They're holding on to them, and that's not really efficient. So you got to look at all parts of the sales cycle and where you can influence. So, for example, if that was a problem, right, they're not qualifying their customers and they're sitting in there for months and months and months on end. What kind of qualifying framework do you have? Do you need to adjust that? Um, do you need to reinforce it? How many people are actually paying attention to it? Um, And then that goes to how are you enabling and how are you graduating folks, right? So we look at data all the time to say, how are we performing in the business relative to what enablement is doing, but also what is enablement doing to qualify those people out to say, yep, they're ready? Is it an individual looking at something? Um, Often people do a pitch back practice and then they have the manager say yes or no on it. Well, the manager needs a butt in a seat. So is that really the right way to go about it? Or do you really need to have a panel of people that are going to provide a more holistic view as to what that person pitched and say, no, you didn't quite hit it. You know, you need some more education here. And that's another way to look at data, right? Uh, Not just looking at, at strict numbers, but also the stuff you can't quantify, the skills, the the abilities of those salespeople. So I think when you talk about data, there's so much that could go into it. it it's hard to pick one specific data point that's going to matter the most to you because it really depends on where you fit in and where you have influence or ownership. Right? You might not own all the parts that that you could influence, but. Where along that customer lifecycle is the most important for you to focus, to be more productive, and to make sure that your enablement programs are functioning the way you need them to.
0: What are some of the key metrics that you look at to quantify enablement's impact and value to the business?
1: Well, this goes back back to what do you enable on? Um, A lot of companies have separate enablement groups for different activities. So for example, some people will enable on the operations and then the enablement team will enable on the skills and the product and the way that we do things. We at, at the companies that I've worked at have owned all of it. Dependent on that, it depends on what I have to look at as far as my span of influence or my span of ownership. And if I'm looking from my perspective, I'm going to look again at how long it's taking them to either qualify or disqualify a customer or prospect. And then I also like to look at the end. Once they've already purchased, they're going to go through another sales cycle at some point. Um, So a good way to think about enablement is if you are enabling your customer success teams and you do have a value methodology, you'll notice that once you sell to them and customer success is able to prove that value, the next sales cycle, if they're going to be, buying another product or service from your company in in cross-sell is going to go much quicker. So you're actually going to reduce that sales cycle for the next iteration of whatever they buy. And that's one way to tell that your value methodology is working, not just that they get through the sales cycle, but then their continuous sales cycle that you're doing with them at the end is working and is moving faster. Those two things are really important because they are the bookends, right? You've got the prospecting. How quickly are they churning through their pipeline, making sure that the people that they are looking at are qualified, they make sense. So uh, if, if I'm looking at that, I'm going to look a lot at things like the CAPDB scores. Are they focusing on the right customers? Are they, are they getting the right customers through? Are they disqualifying customers that they shouldn't have been? So doing a review of their books of business sometimes will be helpful. And that's a really good metric to say, okay, they disqualified out all of the D's and and C's of their CAP DB scores. They're focusing only on their A's and B's. Great. But what happens when all those A's and B's are gone, right? Do you need to adjust that, that behavior? So I think it's a matter of really where you fit into the customer life cycle, picking the bookends and then pulling in from there. So if you're pulling from prospecting, then you're gonna go to how long it takes them overall in the sales cycle. I always like to look at too, how high are they getting in the organization? That's a data point where we can take that through and say, okay, you've got your list of contacts, but you have no one from the C-suite. That tells me that you're not getting to the, the real decision maker, right? even if you're getting to a VP, that's great. But how are you going to evolve that into your sales enablement to make sure that they are getting higher up in the accounts, that they are able to sell to that decision maker and that economic buyer? And so for me, it's, it's a matter of what you touch, what you influence, what you own, and then taking a deeper dive into all of those facets from start to finish to say, where can I pull this through into my enablement and make sure that we're doing the right things for, for the field to make the company successful.
0: I love that last question, Marja, and this one I think is going to be of a lot of interest to our audience. AI has rapidly advanced and evolved in the last year. How do you envision that impacting both the human and the data side of enablement programs in the future?
1: I love this question because I have been working with a lot of this AI since I think before it became the latest and greatest thing out there. It's a funny transition for the world, I believe. I think we're we're all experiencing a little bit of wow, and then some people are, are scared that it's going to take away their jobs. I don't think that's the case. I think AI is going to help us both do things a lot faster, one of the things that I used it for is taking meeting notes or a meeting transcript actually, and distilling it down into some of the points that were were most important from that meeting. Um, and that helps sellers too, to even understand what those points were in meetings that they're having that were good points, bad points. Were they stuttering? Were they uh, saying the wrong words? Um and I know a lot of the AI is now integrated in a lot of the products that are being used by the fields, right? the, the sales fields that are collecting information on their calls and analyzing it and telling them when they're telling they're saying the right things, when they're saying the wrong things. And I think that can only really help us in the future because it's going to make us more efficient. Um, we're going to be able to look at that data and say, okay, you said X. 12 times during that call, and X every single time made the customer hesitant. What's something else you can say in place of that, right? To move the customer forward and not have them have that, like, kind of visceral reaction to it, where they make a face or they uh, grunt, um, little things like that, that we can start to get into the nuances of how do you actually treat that human on the other side of your sales call to be a more engaged and a fruitful relationship. I, I think that AI is gonna help us grow, it's gonna help us learn, it's going to help us evolve, but we need to use it carefully as well because you need to remember that, you know, if you're going on to some of these different platforms, the information you put in is now in there, right? So you have to be very cognizant of what you're providing and what you're trying to get back And and where that information goes. Um, So you don't want to put anything proprietary in there, of course, because then it's in the system. But at the same time, you should be able to leverage it to get the things that you need. What are some of the best trends in certain industries using that kind of stuff to help sellers and giving them education on what to look for is another way that enablement can be, you know, helpful in the whole sales cycle. What should they look for? How should they prompt the AI? If they need to understand more about their customer, what kind of questions should they be asking the AI? These are all opportunities for enablement to be a part of that journey and to help them maximize their interactions with AI. If they are going to use it as a salesperson to do research, um, the one thing again I will say is make sure that you're you're talking to your legal department. Um, about using AI because you want to have some, you know, maybe some rules and regulations around it to say, hey, don't put this kind of information in there, but you can use it for this kind of information. So I think it's a it's a requirement going forward for every sales enablement team to learn how to use it, to leverage it, to make sure that you are focusing on moving forward and evolving with technology but I also think you need to be careful and and cognizant that it is basically sharing with the world. So you need to, you know, work with your legal departments to make sure that you understand where those lines are of what you should share in those kind of programs and what you shouldn't.
0: Fantastic advice, Marja. Thank you so much for joining us today. I've enjoyed all of the insights that you've shared with our audience.
1: Thank you so much for having me, Shauna much appreciated and I've, I've
0: enjoyed it as well. To our audience, thanks for listening. For more insights, tips, and expertise from sales enablement leaders, visit salesenablement.pro. If there's something you'd like to share or a topic you'd like to learn more about, please let us know. We'd love to hear from you.